Hello, welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and back from his two-year book writing sabbatical, Henry Abbott. How are you, sir? It is kind of a sabbatical. I haven't used that term, but I, yeah. I like it. Yeah, we should use it more often. It's, I mean, it's true, right? People like, although some people are forced sabbaticals than <laughs> others, you know. But uh, yeah, this was a self-imposed sabbatical to finish your book. Yeah, no, it's been, and I guess there'll be more work to come. But I turned in, um. I guess 110,000 words of second draft uh, on Valentine's Day. And, ooh, draw it. It's a good feeling. <laughs> just, like, Nothing says I love you like 110,000 words submitted to your editor. <laughs> just, it's not on my desk right now, you know? Um, it's a little different. Like, you know, it's the first time in a long time that I, if I wake up with some idea, it's like, I don't have to, nothing, right. I'll just, nothing to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I, idea is like, not going anywhere because that's already, that book's already being, it's another editorial process. So now the bulk of the writing's over now, right? Like they may come back with like, hey, this chapter or whatever, can you tighten it up or cut this part out or whatever? But for the most part, the bulk bulk is done. I mean, I'm a, I'm a neophyte here. I don't really know how it goes. Mm. Um, I know that um, you know, the first draft um, it's such a, their, their language is so professional and impeccable. We'll just like, you know, love it, life changing, amazing. And, you know, a couple of notes. And it's like that couple of notes was like a year's work for me. <laughs> like literally, like just a couple like, quick notes. <laughs> they were great notes. I feel the book is way, way better now. But like, you know, that's my 100% of my experience of having a professional book editor edit my book is basically that. So I'm like, I'm ready for anything. Um, but I, you know, I, I do kind of feel like, you know, I'm on a journey where I don't know how many mountains I have to climb, but I have mm -hmm. climbed a mountain, right? Like I summited one, put a little flag up there and now we're, we're walking down and we're just going to find out what the next mountain is. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. hopefully it's fun stuff like, you know, marketing and, yeah. you know, illustrations yeah. are a concern. I got to find oh. an illustrator, um, cool, cool, that cool. kind of stuff. But yeah, um, drawings, yeah, no, okay, great. We, we like drawings. Drawings are fun. <laughs> Once you're writing like three straight paragraphs about like how a hip moves, like you're like, it's probably better for the reader. Drawings. Even I would imagine the most sort of like, uh, let's read medical text journals person probably would like drawings every once in a while. Everybody wants drawings. But I'll <laughs> tell you, I'm, I'm having a real problem with it, which is medical illustrations are kind of repulsive, right? Like it's just not really... You're not going to stand in a bookstore and be like, ooh, give me some of this hip diagram, right? This is not like, so, okay, you don't want that. And then um, I have gone down this rabbit hole a little bit with some artists. And like, the if you draw skeletons, which is one of the ways the information is like, can be demonstrated. Mm -hmm. It looks like skateboard graphics. <laughs> <laughs> And, and the skateboarding demo, not exactly your target audience. That is book. also weird. Like, it's kind of <laughs> weird to be like, I want to teach you something very important about your posture and your hips. And like, ooh, check out the guy from whatever, you know, Vision Skateboards. I don't even know what the skateboard brand is anymore. But like, yeah. So, I, yeah, I got to work that out. That, that, that's what we're working on next. <laughs> oh, painstaking work. But no, it, uh, it is good to have you back. Uh, the fans, as I told you uh, via text, have been clamoring. They're like, Oh, clamoring. When's Henry yeah. going to be around? I'm like, listen, he's yeah. writing a book right now. It's going to change your life and make you not get injured. So just hang on for a bit. <laughs> like, like, Did see somebody said somewhere like, geez, seems like writing a book is a lot of work. And it's like, <laughs> yes, it is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like, I, I can attest to that. He's like, yep, it is a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. I'm someone who has run marathons and raised children. And like, 
this ranks up there, you know, <laughs> okay. like this okay. is like, mm, I don't want to work. Well, because think about it, right? I mean, no matter how long the book is, but let's say, I don't know, 500 pages, right? But about specific, something like this, right? About this kind of work. It's not just like, all right, welcome to my story about that. Like you have to have weave it together so that A, you don't lose the reader, B, they're interested to keep one of flipping that page. It's much harder to do that than it is to write a 1500 word story about something, right? Like that's that's definitely part of it. I mean, I, I did, you know, I, I wanted to get a little obsessive about the storytelling quality of it, um, mostly because I'd felt like I'd had a career with deadlines that didn't let me quite go down that rabbit hole. I enjoy it. I enjoy like, you know, third draft, fourth draft. Like I like, I like kind of refining and refining. Um, so that was one goal for real. I think it does make a big difference to how people enjoy reading it, you know, obsessing over that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I started this book not really understanding the topic very well, you know, so mm. I had to really learn a lot. Um, this is complicated stuff. And, you know, I had to go on a real journey of like, wait, is it like this? And they're like, no, it's not like that. And next time again, I'm like, wait, is it like this? And they're like, no, it's not like that. Like, you know, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I had a, you know, I'm not a science writer and this is a science book, you know, and um, yeah, so I had to really learn some stuff and that doesn't help the schedule, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. But you, you you had great people to learn from. Uh, our good friend, Dr. Marcus Elliott, among others. I mean, really, it's kind of a book about Marcus in many ways, right? Um, you know, one of the, you know, some, someone we mentioned and referenced on this show a gazillion times who you've read or you've heard, like, but a bright guy, right, who really understands the human body in ways that we don't, but like, hey, let's make this stuff plain English so people can understand what it is we're talking yeah. about here. That's a challenge, right? Because you're basically, you're, you're trying to translate, right, from Mandarin into English, which yeah, kind of difficult. And I kind of see Marcus, like, you know, he goes through life and he doesn't want to be luxury, right? He doesn't want to give long scientific explanations. And so he kind of like, you know, he'll say like, you know, your hips are really important. That's something he might say at a dinner party. It's the kind of stuff he says, right? Mm -hmm. But I need to go and be like, I need to Wildly work on that. Important. You know, like yeah. I need like like I need to really I need you to use words like acetabulum and <laughs> show cancer, right? Like until we get that level of like yeah. shining light around and like understanding it, like I can't really make a book yeah. chapter about this, right? Yeah. Um, but I did. I made several book chapters about hips. So it's, <laughs> it's not a book about hips, but it has uh, hips are big, man. Hips are a big part hips of how we're huge. Well, it's interesting, yeah. right? Because you mentioned Marcus and how he has to distill the information down, right? Because if he's talking to NBA player X. You can't say, well, they need, like when David coaches players, right? I can't give you 90, no, 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 short. What is it? Okay, got it, right? Yeah. But you say, okay, that's good for me to contextualize so I know what you're saying, but I need it much longer to fit a whole a whole chapter of why it's important, right? And that's that challenge is, is, is difficult. I'll tell you, there's another problem, which is, you know, this is kind of about biomechanics and um, look up like biomechanics terms and like, the words that we have settled on to describe human movement are the worst words. Like it's like adductor and abductor yes. have opposite meanings. Like who the fuck would together. design it that way? Correct. Like, Correct. like it's, it's designed to confuse people. Like there's every single word of these is like not intuitive. Right. And mm -hmm. you know, distal, um, it just goes on and on. Like, so like mm -hmm. every, almost everything that is like an accurate description of human movement is mm -hmm. one of those words combined with an obscure anatomy term. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. that, that's a, that's a, you know, I did so much Googling draw. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it is so funny because, you know, uh, if you've ever worked out with a personal trainer or anything like that, they may mention terms like abductor and adductor, right? Like both. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned that because Sham Sharania tweeted out recently 
about why Kawhi Leonard um, was missing some games and it was a strained adductor. And, you know, Twitter's a funny place or whatever. Literally all the comments are like, what the f- is an adductor? Like, yeah. what, what does that even mean? Right. And yeah. to your point, it's like, oh, you're, you're like, wait, what, is, what does that mean? Actually, can you just say like, he has a strain this thing? Yeah. Yeah. Or like <laughs> nobody wants to say these words like, like, you know, we say hip flexors all the time. Yeah. That's a plural word. Why is it plural? It's like, because it's a whole bunch of muscles with names. Right. Like, but nobody wants to say all those names. Like right, there's like, right. an, I wonder if I can name, like, you know, so as yeah. um, Iliacus rectus morse, I think is one. There's like a whole bunch of them. It's like, even the doctors are like, we're just going to say hip flexors, you know, like, we're just like, this is like, it's way too burdensome. Right. Like, but in fact, we have to, you know, for some parts of this book, I had to like really understand that. Or another thing that would actually, I love this. My favorite is like someone from P3 would explain something to me with all the terms, which they don't mm-hmm. like to do, but sometimes they would, you know, and then I would have to go and like kind of map it out with my own research afterwards. You're like, Oh, this one connects here. And then that goes yeah. there. And Oh, yeah. I get it now. Like, yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and, and I think it's important because as we talk about the NBA and we're, we're heading towards the all-star break, which is why David's not here. Uh, he is in Las he's Vegas. He's enjoying game. some downtime. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he is. Not <laughs> he also gives it Indiana. David's going to enjoy some U2 at the sphere, some time with his family. Um, this, this this these players need a break, right? We always like at this point we're like these dudes are dead, and they you know, and every time you hear like players out with knee this to as to to your point, it's just a short, quick thing. It's probably a lot more complicated what's going on with that knee, but I'm just gonna say strained knee because it's just easier to say. And I think that challenge, Henry, kind of is problematic when it comes to fans understanding what's going on, because if I say, oh my knee just hurts, well just tough it up. You're a pro. It's like yeah, but. Strained knee is much more than just strained knee. It's a lot going on there. Yeah. And I mean, look, there's a, like, there's a ton of stuff you can play through, right? Like you can, everybody does, right? Everybody's beat up, like, mm-hmm. but some things that are, we're only just beginning to learn about are the real red flags of like, now you're at elevated ACL risk, right? And like, mm-hmm. we, we need to know that about ourselves too, right? Like yeah. there's stuff, I do stuff. I actually, before today's um, show, I was doing my like, maintenance work I have to do to mm-hmm. stop my body falling apart, right? Like yeah. I have a different lineup of stuff than you would have, right? And mm-hmm. um uh I could talk, I could ex- tell you the whole book right now, <laughs> but I guess maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> but like yes. We don't want to give it away. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean also it'd be just a long podcast. But um <laughs> but yeah there's the you know I think that we're at a transitional moment where what are the inputs, right? Like it used to be basically like a surgeon looking at a scan would say like, oh, this looks degraded. And like, that's not a good way to know who's at risk, right? Like right, there's a yeah. bunch of people who are great on a scan who are actually at super high risk for a catastrophic injury and don't know mm-hmm. it. And so that's yeah. what they're doing in P3 is they're trying to be like, oh, you actually have this. You might be healthy right now, but you move in this way that is really jeopardizing something. And like, yeah. those are the people that, and we're all those people too, right? We're sure. all in the same boat where like, um, there's kind of a new lexicon coming of just like how we move and how we should move and how do we keep healthy and how do we keep moving? Not just like, you know, physical therapy gets you back to work or back driving a car or back walking, but like they want to get you back like jumping and dominating on an NBA basketball court, and, which is yeah, and doing a whole things. different set of work and skills to get to that point. Yeah. And, you know, we often talk about competitive advantage in sports. I mean, that's the whole thing. Most teams, as we know, do in the NBA do a bad job at this. That is the next sort of frontier. The team that can decide that we actually care about the players on this level and want to, that's going to be the team, in my opinion, that really franchise that has a leg up in avoiding injury, being the most healthy when it matters, like developing their team because they've got young guys they play. All you marry those things together, the injury and the let's give these other guys playing time and work it out. 
that's the team that ultimately figures this all out and, and does well in the end. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, you know, regular listeners to this podcast will know that David's always like a little like, mm, not great at player development, you know, like, right. Um, you know, Marcus has a similar tone about, you know, like I, I, he's not hating on these people, but he's just like, you know, right. they, they're, they're poorly positioned in yes. as teams to like have these kind of data based advantages, because even if they have the tools to like assess all the movement, they have their roster. And like, you know, it's just like to, really... to figure out. How to... <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, yeah. Like what's a safe range of motion for a joint, you know, like yeah. you can't learn that from 17 assessments, right? Like, yeah. Um, so it's kind of, things are changing right now. There's going to be a lot more of this coming, but like, um, but for the moment, um, P3 has a giant head start because they've been assessing, they've assessed almost a thousand NBA players. So like yeah. when you go in there now as like a shooting guard, and they get, for instance, like how fast you move laterally, they know how you compare to like the person you're going to have to guard. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be like, oh, well, okay, if you're, you're slow moving to your right, like let's work on that, right? Like no one else mm-hmm. could, you couldn't know that if you were at the right. Bucks, right? Like yeah. you wouldn't have a, you'd only for slow compared to your two teammates of that position, right? Right. So that's what a very, very basic example, but they have a ton more. Actually, so when I was there, they were like, oh, well, you land with this much force here. Um, if I would, if you reduce to this number, then you're out of the injury risk range. Like mm. that second thing they say there, like no one else in the world can say that. Yep. Like you know, yep. there's a bunch of examples, but yeah, I it's fun. I find this stuff fascinating. Yeah. Um, and important, and I think it like I, I since I've been working on this book, I go around and talk to so many people, yourself included, where I'm like, oh man, like you like do. I know a little bit of stuff that might. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I'm like, man, we all need this. Everybody's body is like. Oh yeah, you know, just well, needs I mean, you, a little you, better. You sent me a whole workup to do for core core body strength and all that to get yourself like. And it's like, okay, you run, but here's the thing that may help you with your running. And I'm like, this is good stuff. My one of my my Christmas presents from Henry this year was a <laughs> something to work my psoas muscles. Right, like I'm telling you, yeah, this is. Yeah. But these things matter. Like as you age, like. I'm telling you, it's, you better make sure that your body's going right. Much less if you're an NBA player and your whole job is to, as David says, beat up the, beat up the bad guys who are also trying to kill you. Like You better be really good at this. It does sound kind of hard <laughs> on your body if you put it that I way. Think, yeah. I think so. <laughs> uh, speaking of David, he had an excellent piece come out this week about Jalen Brunson. Um, the Knicks, One of my favorites. Yeah. Otherworldly point guard. I mean, we talked about him a little bit on the show, but Henry, he's just phenomenal. And he doesn't, as David so brilliantly wrote in the piece, he doesn't have the things that make typically our eyes go, oh, this guy's a really good NBA player. He's not six foot seven. He's not super long and athletic, can't jump out. None of those things. But he scores like everyone else who is six foot seven, jumps out of the building, all the. And that's, you know, David mentioned that skill is such a huge part of that. Uh, his mental toughness, his basketball IQ, he's so good at these things. Yeah. I, and so, you know, like if you're trying to learn from watching other players and you're watching Michael Jordan, like it's really hard to learn because Correct. he can fly, right? Like, <laughs> right. and if you can't fly, then oops, it's going to be tough. Um, Pretty much. <laughs> but, uh, but you can learn from slow guys, <laughs> right? Like, and so I, this, the, this part where um, David wrote that basically like, um, like Joe Frazier had short arms. And so he would mm-hmm. be under his opponent's chin, like all match long. I don't know anything mm-hmm. about boxing, but I'm just going to take David's word for that. And, boxers are used to having opponents who try to evade their punches but here's a guy who's just in their crap all game right which means you're doing something that you're not used to which is always an advantage for your opponent right and uh, so this is uh 
you know, Jalen Brunson is doing that, right? He's like, oh, I'm going to quote David here, but almost everyone tries to jump over or somehow evade the contester or they can tort their body and arm to get a clean look. Not Brunson. His game says, fuck you. I'm going right through you. Go ahead and try to block it, block it cleanly. And he's like, tall defenders just have no reps trying to block the shot of short dudes who do that, put the ball in their face. And like, I feel like that's a, I mean, just think about playing basketball. Like how creepy is that to have someone just yes. put the ball in your face? You're like, ah! You know, like what's going to happen is you're going to foul him, which they do at a very high rate. Love and that. he's while he is small, um, and I, I mean this affectionately, he is built like a fire hydrant, right? Like so, it's not like oh he's a hundred pound. No, 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 he's like a truck, and it's very hard to move him, and he's strong, and it's battering into you, and that's not great, right? <laughs> I went to a high school game a couple of years ago where his dad was coaching, and um, and. Uh, this guy I was sitting with was like, is that Jalen Brunson? Um, it was mid season. He was a Dallas player then, but they were like between games and like maybe Philly and New York. And we were in New Jersey. And, uh, and I was like, I don't like that guy. I, this is I, my internal thought, which I didn't say out loud was like, that's a fat guy. Like, like I didn't think that it was an NBA player. Right. Cause he just was, he was sitting down. He was just so broad. Like, but look more like a running back. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, just like you, I, I, I was kind of blown away at just how, and he was wearing, it was winter. He's wearing several layers, but like, mm-hmm. but like, I was like, this is NBA players are so much skinnier than you think they are. Like most of them, mm-hmm. they're just like, their waists are generally like, like mm-hmm. marathon tiny, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, but not that guy. Like I was like this guy. <laughs> yeah. Hit plowing into you. If you're, I don't know, like Mikel Bridges or something like not great. That's a, <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say, and, and, and Mikel's having sure plenty of experience with that back at Villanova when they were play scrimmages and, and play against each other, right? Um, Kyle Lowry, another Villanova product before those guys, but built similarly, right? To, yeah. to Brunson, yeah. um, I'd say Brunson's got a little more muscular musculature to his body than, than than Kyle did, but right again, another player, Kyle, who's like NBA player, but on this podcast, I know a big a plus minus superstar in his prime, yeah. right? So yeah, you can uh, make it work if you're brilliant. Yeah, gotta gotta know the skill. So. That leads us into something you started the document with, which is, all right, if you're trying to defend this dude, like, what do you do? And then you made, it made you launch into, well, who even are good defenders in the NBA right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I went down the whole rabbit hole here. Okay. So, like, in the early days of advanced stats, none of the young players were good defenders, basically. Like, it just mm-hmm. wasn't, they were all, this was a veterans game, right? This was all like, uh, I don't know who was a good example. But um, but now, right now, on Dunks and Threes, like almost every elite defender is in their twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, is it every one of them? No. So Draymond Green? No, he's not even in the top ten, right? He's not top ten. Yeah, every single one in their twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, on offense, almost the same story, right? Mm-hmm. Steph's in the top ten. Everyone else is in their twenties, including Jalen Brunson. Um, and then if you go through like almost every category. Um, three-point shooting, scoring at the rim. Um, scoring there was all the people in their 20s or Kevin Durant. Um, <laughs> turnovers, um, almost everybody has low-rate turnovers. That was kind of a surprising one to me. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, okay, but there's one category where old people just totally reign supreme, which is free throws, right? Making everyone, everything around it. Free throw percentage, free throw, number of free throws, free throw rate, uh, points from free throws, like all of these things, right? Um, which made me think a little bit about something Jalen Brunson is known for, which is just drawing fouls, right? So I think we're in this thing where the game is more about movement than ever. It's more about open space than ever. 
you know, defenders now are people who can cover massive amounts of ground and they have to really use all their muscles and explosiveness and everything, which is hard for older people to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at the same rate as young people. Um, but if you're, I mean, I, I could, Damien Lillard is actually a pretty good example because um, as he got to like age 30, 31, his rate of drawing free throws skyrocketed, right? I think that this, we're watching the games right now. David's complaining about refs and superstar calls. And like, I think part of what's happening is, you know, the refs aren't perfect. But another part is that I think when you really master this game and you really understand how it works and you're really refining and getting to the, you know, and you become someone with a super max contract and high expectations, you're a little behind in actually playing basketball from what you used to be when you were less famous and younger and made less money, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to carve out every edge you can. And the big available one, which makes a huge difference to winning, is what I call ref games. You just have to get really good at like initiating a play when you have the ball or your intention, is your primary intention is to draw a foul and your secondary intention is to score, right? Like mm-hmm. this is stuff that would not work in your pickup game. This is stuff that might not work in college, but this is what you have to get super good at. This is jumping into people and rip through all these different moves, right? Um, things with legs as you elevate to shoot a three and all those games that happen. Um, I think we're seeing a league where the best brains in the game are on like predominantly older players who yep. are just trying to eke out a little edge because they're not quite at their peak physically. And this is a, an opportunity for them. And David would say <clears throat> a large reason for that is because of the reps that those older players have in their brains, right? They've seen referee patterns enough times to know this will work as, as yeah. on a foul call. Whereas a 20 year old doesn't have enough reps to, reps to know this is going to work on referee X. Right. But I, uh, you know, so-and-so's repping tonight. I know it's going to work. Right. Like, Oh, and, and this is why I think you see like LeBron. So irate. Cause he's like, LeBron's super brilliant. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he has this eidetic memory and you know, like, when he, you know, drives left and brings the ball right and he has this certain defender that he's positioned a certain way and that guy rakes his arm down, like, and then the call doesn't come. Like, he's LeBron like, knows, like, right. you gave me that one four yeah. years ago. Like, uh-huh. I was counting on that, right? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, that's what makes LeBron extremely, extremely special as a basketball player. It is, you know... But it's it's all these guys, right? I mean, Luca's a master at it. We talked about Brunson Harden. Peak Harden was a master at it. Part of it also was his ability to break, right? He had the number one break speed um, in the NBA by a wide margin, right? So when you break, other guys can't break as fast. They're going to run into you. It's like uh, <laughs> it's like insurance fraud, right? You In most states, if you step on your brakes and the person come, hits you, it doesn't matter what happened. They're at fault because they rammed you from behind. Period. End of story. Same idea here, right? Like, and that's what ref see. Oh, you ran into him. What's wrong with you? Wrong foul. Okay. There it well, is. like the best way to like, you know, the best way to draw fouls is to just be extremely advantaged physically, right? Like Giannis yes. usually leads, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, cause Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. once they get, yeah. And for different reasons, but once Giannis has like that half step on you, like you don't have a lot of options and you just don't want to give those, let so him you, just, go. you grab them or you're going to do, you're going to foul him, right? Is what you're going to do. You're going to do something high risk and out of position, right? And then they blow the whistle. Um, so that's the best way. But like, but if you can't do that, and then you, now you got to spend a summer with your trainer in the gym working on ref games, right? Like that's where, <laughs> you know, I think it's like uh, DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. He speaks this language, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he's, I don't know how old he is now. I want to say like. He definitely is mid, mid to late 30s, 33, 34 for sure. Yeah. 
Like, but he's top. He's very high in yep. this, and it's not because he's people can't keep yep. up with him. You know, mm-hmm. it's because he's worked on this, right? Like he's been yeah. working on this for a long time. Like this is a yeah. thing for him. Um, you know, AD, KD, LeBron, Steph, like they all do this. No, it's listen. The, the, it's you know, for these older guys, as you always mention, it's the NBA is weird in that the way salary caps work is the way max contracts worked are. By the time you're making <clears throat> the big dollars, you're already worse than you're ever going to be right like than you ever were previously that's just how the math works now when you are lebron katie and steph your worst is better than a lot of other people so you're like all right the, the money's still worth it but for everyone else just about it's like ah uh, this is what this is what hamstrings teams right now we're like great we got too many guys making 40 million dollars we can't play anybody else and it's kind of the Lakers problem right now, sort of, right? Where it's like, we got nothing to do. We have no and space. the Bucks and the Suns and like, yeah, <laughs> right. like, like, you know, loading up on Supermax contracts. Is like, oh, those are old guys. You know, good luck. Yeah. And old guys yeah. who invariably will get hurt at some point. <laughs> yeah. The old guys have some downside, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, they do. I Yeah. And, you know, LeBron and his crew, um, you know, his meaning, meaning known, clutch. No, meaning oh. like um, what they used to, I th- always thought this was kind of racist sounding, but the banana boat crew, right? Like, oh, Carmelo like, and all them. Mm-hmm. Like they were all super influential in the union mm-hmm. as this strange, like LeBron's been on a passage of like that age player has been overpaid, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Well, yes. they were underpaid yeah, yeah. early, way underpaid, but For like, sure. I don't think- Now way overpaid. I, I'm going to predict that in 20 years, this doesn't work like this. It's, it will, you, won't, you won't have to be old to get a supermax salary in the future. It just doesn't make any sense, right? Like, no. like that's not what the billionaires want to pay for. It doesn't make sense. You'd much rather pay to keep Chet Holmgren than pay to mm-hmm. keep 39-year-old LeBron James, right? Like, yeah, for sure. Um, so it'll change, but I do think that like the, the weird way they were able to negotiate it, they took a little money from the younger players in their peak and gave it to the older guys past their peak. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, just in time for all of them to make that money. <laughs> that co- coincided with Chris Paul being president of the Players Union. Chris Paul, another old guy who, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah he was listen. on that banana boat. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You know, so you, you pointed out um, EPM and deep defensive EPM in particular, and oh, yeah. most of the top 10 guys were in their 20s. But I did note that at least half of those guys are not starters. And I always wonder, like, you know, because and we're better at that with advanced metrics now, right? In terms of we know who you're on the floor with, et cetera, who your opponents are, all that. But, you know, if you're playing less minutes and your role is a you come in, I just need you to like lock this down for a bit, that might and if and also if you are not a primary offensive creator on the other end, that might allow you to play better defense is partially my guess. Yeah, for sure. I think okay, so the offensive players who lead the league are like Tyrese Halliburton, Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, Shea, Steph, Jalen, Devin Booker, Giannis, Laurie Markkinen, Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie Irving, basically the most famous players in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Of course they get to play because if they were benched, um, a coach would be fired. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Because everybody in the arena knows they're fantastic, right? Mm -hmm. But like Halliburton, not to pick on him, but he's like a very, very bad defensive player. So like might be the worst in the league. <laughs> if you flipped his stats, like he might come off the bench, yeah. right? If he were super elite defensively, mm-hmm. because nobody gets mad at anybody. If Isaiah Hartenstein, who's the best <laughs> defensive player in the men's, like, comes off the bench, right? Like right. Xavier right. Tillman, Jonathan right. Isaac, Marcus Smart, right. uh, Embiid's up there, Evan Mobley, Alex Crusoe, Victor Wembanyama, 
Mm-hmm. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Dennis yep. Smith Jr., OG, Draymond Green. These are the best defenders in the league. So I think a big part of it is just like everybody knows his offense. And so coaches mm-hmm. serve up offense because their job is yep. depend on it, right? Like yeah. they still, it's not because they don't understand defense or value defense. It's because they don't get in trouble for <laughs> sitting Alex Crusoe or whoever, right? Like, right. like people aren't clamoring for defense. They just aren't. Right. They just, and meanwhile, if you have a play, like let's say, um, there's a big crunch time play and somebody is not guarded and the ball is double teamed and it causes a turnover. Like everybody's on, on, on the coach for like, why mm-hmm. is this bad basketball player out there? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, as you know, people just sail right on by Tyree Halliburton, like and score. Right. Very, very few people notice that happened. Correct. Right. It's just not a, it's not a big concern. Or they'll say like, well, this happened with Stephen Ash. We understand, you know, you can't have energy <laughs> for both places, you know, like, right. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think it's just, I think it's uh yeah, I think it's what you said. And defense is also just complicated, right? Like none of these players is a great defender alone. Everyone's right. Team yeah. Team defense is, especially now the way the game is played with it's so spread out. Right. And this is a sort yeah. of a comment I often make to, for lack of a better phrase, old heads who continually yeah. tell me that defense is so much better in the 80s and 90s. And I'm like, well, shut that's up. not true. Like, <laughs> it, it, well, yes, you say that. I say, well, that's not actually true. Like, if you if you actually turn on a game, look at the ground they have to cover. It's the size of a postage stamp. You can be really good when I don't have to move very far. But now I've got to race out to the three-point line, all this zipping ball. That's really difficult to do. And on top of that, if I'm playing all dudes over there th- over 30 years old because they make the most money, I'm going to be bad at that because they can't run that fast and do all that, right? So, so this hard. is so this idea that like defense is like no, it's not that. Like defensive schemes are excellent now. The offense is so good. And I and to David's point only about the 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 ref games that you made and, you know, um freedom of movement that was a big a big emphasis, right? Because look, as we you often say this is a television product, right? What's going to work on TV? Buckets work on TV. Yeah. You know, you being work on bad TV? at defense, is that's going to work on TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rock, rock, rock fights don't work on TV. It's like, oh, no one wants to watch that, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's a challenge. Challenge. Yeah. And everybody's faster. I mean, like, it's measurable. Like, they're faster mm-hmm. now. Like, the, the person driving the lane is coming at a higher speed than they used to, right? For sure. And um, they're stronger. They lift weights. They didn't lift weights mm-hmm. when I was young. Like, they, when yeah. I was, they didn't, like, they were like, you can't lift weights in the sport. And it's like, yeah, you fucking can. Like, it totally. <laughs> it okay, you know? Matter of fact, you actually should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now everybody does. But, like, that that wasn't the case, you know? Um, Imagine the yacht is coming down the lane and you're like, I don't believe in lifting weights. Well, you better get out the way because that dude's going to steamroll you. You need to quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then there's also like a you know well the 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 pick on the worst era it was isolation basketball for like you know before jordan came on like but um right that meant everybody was just catching their breath yep you know and like now it's like nobody ever catches their breath everybody's mm-hmm. flying the whole damn time it's a very seldom do you see someone just be like <sighs> like yeah. with the ball in play right usually yeah. it's just flying like it's an endurance sport more than it used to be and um you know I would love to see these guys who played in there, who talk all this trash and played in the bird era. Like, oh, they'd be, they'd be toast. Play. toast. Yeah, give it a shot. Toast. You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what Kevin McHale is not doing. Coming out of the paint to go cover a four, shooting a three. He ain't doing that. <laughs> no, no. They're coming to him, right? He's like, ah. This, and then he's just going to throw an elbow in their face or whatever. <laughs> 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 no, it's it, it, it. The game has evolved. You know, we always talk about stuff like how do we improve the game, and I know that 
because of the way the arenas are set up and you want to maximize the most money and the courtside seats are the most visible and all that, with, with everyone being so much bigger, stronger, and faster, would widening and lengthening the court help a little bit? And not like not by a ton, but just a little bit, right? A little, a little more, a little more space out wide and a little bit longer. Oh, it seems obvious to me. Yeah. Like, you know, and I think we've talked about this before, but like it, you make more money because you have more courtside seats, right? Like it costs you the back row, but you right. know, more money in the front. Like I, right. And, uh, you know, I think every single arena has hockey now. So like, it means mm-hmm. they literally all have room for this. Like I mm-hmm. having, it drives me crazy. It was, how often do you see the guy catch the ball in the corner and, and then starts to drive and then they whistles yeah. out of bounds? Like what a boring moment mm-hmm. of NBA that is. Right. Yep. Um, and I wouldn't hate the idea. I, I mean, this is pretty radical, but like, um, you know, like in lacrosse and hockey, mm-hmm. people kind of direct traffic from behind the goal. Behind the, yeah, love right? that. I love that. It does yeah. make it exciting. And like, mm-hmm. you know, if it were a little deeper, like right oh. now, nobody, nobody does that, right? right? And obviously, you've got three second call. You can't like just hang out there. But like, right. but if, you, if it went a little deeper, and like right now, you're David says baseline is death, right? You're mm-hmm. if you take the ball there and the defense will collapse on you and you're in hell. But if there were another couple of feet, maybe somebody would make some, there could be some amazing things happening from there, right? Like the, the, the super smart, brilliant processes like LeBron and Chris Paul would yeah. live and feast back there, right? Like, like hitting a hockey, cutter from there would be oh highlight material, right? Like in, in hockey, they used to call that Gretzky's office, right? Cause he would just yeah. camp out back there and like, okay, everybody's moving around. What am I seeing? Boom, boom. Like that's, I would love it personally. But you know we're we're a little too radical for the NBA, Henry. Uh- they did this thing, and I did. I, I I have. I'm learning a little about lacrosse. I've never really watched lacrosse, but um, uh, a sport I played, so very familiar. Oh, you did? Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I am all. It's all new to me. But um, I've been watching lately, and like one thing they do that kind of blew my mind was like they put the most skilled offensive player in that Gretzky's office spot, Correct. which just freaks the defense out, right? Because like. They, there's already a pick set basically mm-hmm. for whichever way. And like the, the whole game, everyone's just touchy because like something's coming from somewhere. And like, and sometimes that person will fly and attack, but often they'll just, just destabilize the defense. Right. Which is yep. like, it's pretty fun. It's a, it gets a, it's a new, yeah, bad, new you, dimension. Yeah. That, that's either your, 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 your peak attackman, like your, 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 your point of attack attackman who's really like can goals, can score goals, but it's like your assist man or your best midfielder who's also like two way, you know, whatever. Like that's but that's where they camp out and they're just the cutting and the moving. Right. Lacrosse is similar to like to, to basketball in that way, right? Soccer is similar, right? Like it's just this idea of, but again, no space behind the soccer goals, just like in basketball. Who's kind of camping out and seeing where everybody's going, right? And who's moving to the, the free space, right? Oh, where nobody is. I'm gonna go there. That's where the good stuff's gonna happen. I, I would love it personally. You know, a thing that, okay, this is a slight detour, but like um I think you'll understand what I'm saying here. Okay, so in basketball, we get obsessed over legal screens. It's a giant part of the game. It's perfectly defined. Well, that's maybe that's a lie, but like it has a <laughs> definition, you know. Yes. And um, and often it's almost like, hey. That... Meanwhile, like, you know, I know far less about soccer, lacrosse, and football, but they all have screens. And as I'm watching, I'm like, well, what what is the rule? And nobody. No, it's like, it's kind of like, yeah, run over here and kind of get in that player's way. Pretty like, much. <laughs> and it's like, you are allowed to like, sometimes in some of those sports, you can kind of grab that person. Oh yeah. <laughs> you're like, but I'm like, this is a huge, if you're trying to get open in the end zone, if you're trying to like be that cutter that we're talking mm-hmm. about in lacrosse, like, like somebody's setting a screen for you, but the screen doesn't have a definition. Like it's <laughs> kind of legal, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can do some pretty nasty stuff and it's like, fine. Like yeah. and that drives me crazy. I'm like, you guys, like 
This is like a definitional games turn on this all the yeah, time. And you're sure. just kind of like, eh, look pretty good to me. Like that's the rule. <laughs> like <laughs> that drives me crazy. <laughs> I mean, it, it, and people who watch basketball would argue like kind of happens in basketball too, right? Who's allowed to set legal versus illegal screens, right? Like, mm, but we're fighting about like very, like we're going to hear arguments about like how wide are your feet and where were your hips and where are you moving? These are pretty specific terms. Yes. Like in football, it's like, I don't, you can just fucking yeah. do stuff, but not other stuff. Like, And in soccer for sure. It's like, you just grab that dude by his jersey and throw him to the ground. Yep. Okay. <laughs> soccer, the jersey grabbing in soccer is like, it's like you have to do it to be good at your yeah, job. For sure. <laughs> and because there's only one ref and you always know where oh, he, yeah. he is, right? So it's like, I'm he's not here. seeing anything. <laughs> but then it's like, and sometimes it's like un, on TV, you're like, this is very obvious. <laughs> right? It's like, it is. And you're like, oh, well, how man. can this be how we play this game? And it's like, well, that just is how we play this game. So get used Them's to it. be the rules, folks. <laughs> not the rules. <laughs> <laughs> yes, correct, because there yeah. is no rule. <laughs> uh, one last note about the EPM. Um, you know, to Henry's point, look, this is basketball is a young man's game, right? Younger people tend to perform better in those stats. Um, people in the generally in their mid to late twenties. That's those are the people who are peaking the top of, of EPM. Uh, but again, I always got to do it. Shout out to the old dudes: Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, LeBron, and Stephen Curry in that order still. Top 15 in EPM, Kawhi and KD, 9, 10. LeBron is dev 11, 12, or 12, 13, something like that. But just old dudes still showing positive value on the Yeah, board. yeah. No, I hear you. I, I do think I agree with your shout out, but like they get the 50 mil, you know? Like, <laughs> so they got to play. <laughs> and, I do, and I feel a little bit like it gets clouded because every broadcast, every one of those dudes, every commentator is like, that's just, oh, LeBron, what a master, right? They just like, LeBron could fall down and like throw the ball out of bounds. Everyone's Would like, that's because he knows the game. It's like, Meanwhile, at the same time, like currently, like other players are much better. And yeah, if that yeah, player yeah. happens to be 23, like yeah. they just don't talk that way. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah, like, yeah. oh, like, you know, he's really coming around. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, youth yeah. is yeah. like this, like affliction that like ruins basketball players. And it's like, <laughs> that's just an old person talking. That's all that is, right? Like, yes, like yeah. if the commentators were 23, they would be like, no, fucking like Tyree Talliburton is the best, right? I mean, yeah. And by, by many metrics offensively, he is the best player of the NBA, right? Like he's so good. Yeah. And so I feel like there's like a, there is this bias and it, and it hits the referees too, right? Like these old yeah. guys who get the 50 mil, like they get the, they are the most famous players in the NBA. They are yep. not the best players in the NBA. The so it's famous, like, yeah. There's a little, we miss the young ones. There's anti-young bias, I feel, a little bit. So uh, like, until those young players now become late 20s and those guys yeah. are like, okay, now we love you now. Yeah. Now you're the ones who get to do whatever. And then right. we miss the 19-year-old, 20-year-old is like, you know, this is just the way the NBA works, sadly. Yeah, once <laughs> they need 90 minutes to warm up, like now they're famous, you know? Yeah. Like, is that guy still in the hot tub? Where, where did he go? Oh, like, we're, we're going to get us something about that in a minute. All right, guys, we'll be back <laughs> after this brief commercial break. <laughs> Oh man. All right. So, uh, you know, one of the great things about when we do these, uh, these shows with these rundowns and I, you know, I knew Dave was gonna be on the show today and Henry's an early riser. So I was like, Oh, I got to do my run. I'm like, I wonder if Henry got into the dock yet. So before I went outside to go on my run, I was like, Oh, he must've been up at five because the doc's got 75 things in it. All right. We're, we're good to go. Um, there's something that came up Henry about ice bath. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, this is interesting." Those of you who don't know, I mean, first of all, Kevin Hart, comedian, people know him, has this funny 
it's a YouTube show or a little bit where like he gets into an ice bath and there's another ice bath next to him and some what's other it famous called? person it has a funny name. I forget what it's called. Yeah, I, I, I'll look uh, it up in a minute. And that person gets into the ice bath and they tell stories, right? And I, the idea is that like, well, you're freezing your, you know, what's off. Like you're going to be brutally honest in those moments and just, you know, talk about whatever. You're going to breathe bath, real weird, you know? Like, <laughs> it's, oh, it's <laughs> listen. If you've ever been in an ice tub, it's fucking weird. Yeah. Um, and it has long been assumed to be a way in which you stem inflammation and various muscle uh, injuries that, that go on. Uh, but a little tweet came out with, with a, attached to an actual medical journal and a report that was done that says this might not be the good idea that we all assume for a million years that this is just what you do. Yeah, so this has been an issue that has been like a subject of argument among scientists for a very long time, right? Like a lot of lead athletes really swear by ice baths and the research doesn't really back it it up. It doesn't really back up ice at all. Like the research on ice has been not a hundred percent against, but like a mixed bag, right? Like it's, and meanwhile, it's this thing that everybody recommends, right? And frankly, I mean, it feels the one thing it does do. I'll say this is it will stop swelling, right? Or bring your swelling down. That's the one thing we know that it does now, whether that's a good idea or a bad idea, that's a different story, but it does do that. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that this was Steve Magnus, who I res- I respect the hell out of Steve Magnus. He's a great guy and very responsible with the research. Um, he shared this study that I think is not fully published yet. But it's a like preliminary results, I think, that was basically showing that an ice bath af- right after your workout doesn't help. Um, and, the, and the theory is because at that point, you've stressed your muscles and they send a stress signal. And the stress signal initiates the the like follow up work that makes you stronger from the workout, right? Adaptability, yep. So it dampens the stress signal, but the stress is what you wanted, right? So, I there's different reasons to take ice baths, like, and I think a lot of them. Frankly, I do it. I, I don't do it regularly, but I have done it 20, 30, 40 times in my life. Not for that reason, though, right? Like, mm. I do it because um, the sort of thing you have to summon in your mm-hmm. soul <laughs> to do an ice bath mm-hmm. is a thing that also applies to other hard things. It's yep, very similar right. to mile 20 of the marathon, right? We're just kind of like, we're just given a little mental challenge here. It's like breath holding, same idea. Yeah. All, I feel like these are these kind of like, just kind of proving you can do hard things, right? Um, works for that, you know, but this idea that you would do it right after your hard workout so that you, you know, had some better effect, that seems mm-hmm. to not be the way to do it. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, one of the early adages I learned about working out is all that soreness and fatigue that you're feeling like, yes, your muscles have been shredded and broken down and it is, it's adapting now. That's how you build, that's how it builds back up and it's stronger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you are, you are working on adapting, right? So stress in many is a good thing because it's teaching your body. How do I respond to this thing when it comes? Um, and if you're prepared, you generally respond well. If not, right, generally it goes poorly. But that's the whole point. You are working to get it to respond better and more favorably for whatever the situation may be that, you are, that, that you're training for. No, I, I, listen. Oh, let's put it like this. The fact that he's even putting that stu- uh, tweeting out the preliminary studies, I love that. Unlike the NBA who just told us, oh, no, rest doesn't prevent injuries. And then had no scientific data that is out there or any kind of follow-up questions to ask about 
Well, tell us more. That seems like a major scientific breakthrough. I would love to learn more about that. Yeah. They did share it with like a few journalists, but I had, I didn't make the list, Gerard. No, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Hollinger wrote about it. I thought that was very interesting. Hollinger was like, basically like, this doesn't look like a very good thing. Um, and uh, <laughs> it is, he's a very reasonable, level-headed guy, but like, it, you know, it's a big decision the NBA is making here saying like right. we're an 82 game lead like we don't really know that players can take 82 games like, that, that, that is a huge statement to make the right to say that oh no rest the, that that's a okay great if, if that is true lovely tell us more about that we want to know so much <laughs> yeah and remember when um oh man um Bill Barr said I forget what words he used but he basically said that like you know Trump was exonerated from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the big Russia investigation mm-hmm. like and then it came out a month later, right? So, like, we all had this, like, deep patterning of our thoughts where it's like, oh, there's nothing much in there, right? And then no right. one reads the whole big, long thing. And apparently there was quite a lot in there. But, like, you know, similarly, we first learned about this research from Joe Dumar saying that the NBA has science. He used that mm-hmm. word, science. It's mm-hmm. like, science isn't, like, a vendor provided you with a review <laughs> of the data, right? right? Science is, like, peer-reviewed journals, right? Correct. They don't have science. but No. Everybody was like, oh, no, they got it. They figured it out. I mean, respectable journalists were like, no, the NBA has science. It's like, you just take their word for that? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, does, do any scientists think they have science? You know? Like, I agree. None that I've seen. Um, I'm not saying they don't. I haven't seen it. I literally have no opinion on it. But I will not go. I've been around this league long enough to know that they cook up some pretty weak sauce. You know, like they, sure. they're willing to go with some pretty shoddy, mm-hmm. you know, like we looked into this and trust me. Like, no, yeah, sure. Not, trust you. You looked into no, it. What, what, I'm not trusting you. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever you say, guys. Sure, <laughs> yeah. sure. Trust us. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, Henry, um, something disturbing happened uh, in the NBA yesterday um, before the Suns Detroit Pistons game. Oh, yeah. Isaiah Stewart apparently got into an altercation with uh, Suns backup center Ju Eubanks and punched him in the face, apparently. Um, and Stewart uh, has since been arrested and, and released and charged with assault. Um, the Suns come out and said, you know, there's no place for that unprovoked attack, whatever. That's just what the Suns say. We don't know because I, the NBA is, is reviewing footage right now because there's cameras all over these places. So I'm sure we'll get to the bottom of what actually happened, or at least the NBA will. Um, but it, it made me kind of think, it made you think, like, uh, what, why is it okay like for people to just come into work, into their place of work, and then just start throwing throwing punches at people? It's a strange phenomenon we got I mean, going on. If he'd done it, let's say that same thing had happened, um, you know, after a hard foul mm-hmm. on the court. Mm-hmm. Like, 0% chance there's an arrest. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we're all used to that. But on a kind of, like, as far as, like, if I'm a police officer or a district attorney or mm-hmm. the governor or the mayor, I'm like, okay, just tell me what the rule is there. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's a little weird. Like, well, this like I know there was like a whole kind of boys way boys thing, but now we're saying like, oh, if it's in the hallway, right, then for the okay. game, right, then now we're gonna arrest you. It's like, oh, like so, how many yards closer to the court does the law stop applying? You know, like, yeah, yeah. like it's just weird to me. I've seen so many punches thrown, in so many games or elbows or things that are technically assault, mm-hmm. and it's just part of the show. Can you yeah. imagine if the police ran out there mid game just to arrest somebody? I mean, it'd have to be pretty big police because <laughs> those guys are pretty big and they're just off to the ground. <laughs> no, it's it's just a strange phenomenon. And look, and I understand, right? This is not the NBA is not 
Ernst and Young or KPMG, right? It is not some office with cubicles. Like if you walk into your coworker's office or whatever and just hole off and cold cock them, yes, you're going that because that's just what is the context for that in in an office setting? We seem to give it latitude because, well, they're playing a physical, violent sport. So to your point, on the floor, we kind of understand it because emotions run high, got hit in the face or in the private parts. Or, but when you come into the arena before work, like what? Did you two have beef? What, what is happening? What is going on here? And it's just, I... You well, know, that latitude, I mean, I, I, I'm not a lawyer, but like that latitude is bullshit. I mean, like it's legally bullshit, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like if, like I imagine that if... uh you know, a player who got punched in an NBA game sued the city for not enforcing the law, they would win. Yeah, for sure. Right? Or like, get settled out of court for whatever, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The city can't go before the judge and say like, well, it's a pretty physical game. We should probably have them get them dinged up a little. It's like, that can't actually be the law. Right, right. Like the law, what's really happening is just like, there's a stadium full of people who are okay with it. Yes. So no one's going to run out there. Right. Unless like Masai Ujiri is trying to celebrate his... Team yeah, winning man. the championship. He can't ah, go anywhere. Better stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like, now we'll step in. <laughs> like, <laughs> we can't have that. Or, yeah. or when fans come out of their seats oh. onto the court, then we're gonna get yeah. involved because it's like, well, but what if the fan initiates it? What? It's just, it's a very straight look. Well, if the player goes in the stands, we all know this is like Armageddon. This is like yes. An the end most of civilization thing ever, right? Yes. It just seems so. Uh, yeah, it's just a very strange. I can see why the players would be a little confused. <laughs> you know, like okay. I can see, like Isaiah Stewart might be saying, like, like, you know, I don't. He's probably seen how many times do you think Isaiah has seen someone punch someone in a basketball setting, like in his oh. life? At least a dozen, <laughs> probably more. <laughs> so he might be like, "What the hell?" And now it's a problem. You know, I can see <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. I'm not like defending him. I just think like, right. Like, it is a little weird that he got booked. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, where, well, it's where, a departure. Yeah. Yeah. Where we decide to enforce rules and not is just this strange place that we live in. Um, you know, and it, it, it is, I mean, you could make that argument too. And I am not siding with him because I think he is always wrong when he does this, but this is probably Draymond Green too, right? Like where he does this all the time. And he's like, wait, now it's a problem. It's I like, know. well, it's always been a problem apparently, but somehow we let it slide for however many whatever's. There's like ex everything's extra judicial, right? Like that's like that's how you have to operate if you're going to be in Draymond's job, right? You can't be like following the the letter of the law, right? Yeah. Be, yeah, no, no, it's yeah. it's wild stuff in the NBA these days. <laughs> I mean, it, luckily, um, it's pretty rare, right? Like I I know when I started covering the league, it was like everyone was just never fights all the time, you know, and yeah, it's so rare now. I mean, I know we're a little more this year. Um, you know, like I, I, for a long time, the NBA really had like very few violent incidents. Um, it's way down. Um, yeah. And then a little blip up. But like it used to be so I'm telling you, it used to be so much more. I mean, we know like we've watched basketball. I mean, we were fans when we were young in the 80s. Right. Like, I mean, there were brawls in playoff series. Right. Everyone remembers uh, Dr. J and Larry Bird and the chicken wing being like, oh, I mean, the Right, Kermit Jeff Washington, the famous hanging one. off Alonzo Mourning's leg. Right, like, like know, we, yeah. we, this was, it was just like, all right, whatever. But well, there's also, there's also this thing, uh, and we we've seen it, like where it, it's gladiator like, right? Because the crowd gets foaming at the mouth and like, yeah, and it's like, what are we actually doing here right now? Like, this is basketball, or this is Hunger Games. <laughs> like, there are a bunch of people who love that. I've never been one of them. I've never find it like. I agree. Like I, I never liked it, but there are a bunch of people, and I'm like 
like go to a go to hockey you weirdos i i, I find like, it unsettling <laughs> to be perfectly no it, yeah. it, it is you know um and it, it makes sense because this is these are combat sports so whatever but have, if you've ever been in you know early when i started you know doing the internet covering sports things i went to a bunch of mma and boxing uh, matches like big time bouts henry like it's like we're talking like primitive kind of behavior out in the crowd. Like people just like literally frothing at the over hits and punches. And I'm like, this excites you. Like you, you, you feel good about this. It's just, it's bizarre. It's just so strange. And I don't, you know, I don't, I'm super competitive guy, right? Like if we're doing whatever thing, like yeah. I, you know, I actually, when, when we did the train, like a pro thing with David years and years ago, like there's a bunch of us journalists and like, yeah, I felt like I was just playing normally, but like David went on this whole lecture about like, I, I, I think I like fought through a screen or something, but like, you know, like to me, it was just like, this is just what you do. But to David, it was right. like, this guy's a fucking maniac, you know, and he gave a little lecture about it. Like in a good way, it was like, yeah, a, you know, yeah. I got credit for it, but um, but like, you know, I, I like, you know, just going all in, but like, obviously you, you go all in to the line, yeah, yeah. which means like, you know, like in, I was at, I remember being like a a cross country runner in high school. And some kid just like, once you get in the woods, crazy shit can happen in the woods, right? There's no, there's no referee at all. <laughs> some right? guy jumps out of a, behind a tree and tackles you. <laughs> but there's like, there are places where it like goes from like you're three abreast and now it's going to narrow. And like, how are you going to get down to single file? Right. It's like, that right. can get a little wild. And the yeah. first time it happened, I was like, you know, some, I was a freshman and like some kid just basically was like, get the fuck out of here, you know? And, um, and I remember just being like, wait, are like, we can do that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if we can do that, okay. I want to do that, you know? But if we can't do that, then you shouldn't do that, right? Like, right. And so to me, I'm like, I'm always like, you know, like let the people who want to go really hard go really hard without mm -hmm. ruining the sport, right? Mm -hmm. Without like injuring people or whatever. And so to me, I'm like, this is where basketball has been a little frustrating because it's like, I don't, don't think it's clear what you're supposed to do. It, no, it, clear, it clearly is not clear what you're, what you're allowed and not allowed to do. That's yeah. very obvious. No, it's it's... It's wild, man. But you know, such as such as life, such as uh, you know, boys will be boys, all that, yeah. testosterone, yada yada. Well, guys, you, wait, are you? On, I think you're on mute. What happened? I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Oh, now you're back. I was like, wait, okay. you what, what were you going to say? You were, you had like a a moment. No, 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 no. Oh, move along. Yeah, Don't it me. is top five time, guys. And so Henry knows how this works. You've been around long enough to know how top five works. We all we Barely. do our top five teams in the NBA yeah. right now. You say your five, I say my five. We go back and forth until we get to number one. Okay. okay. The number five team in the NBA right now, according to Henry Abbott, is? Pelicans. Woo! They were in my top five last week, I believe. Yeah, look. It, we said it before. It, if Zion plays, and is, he's not even like playing like super well. He's just good right now, which that might be actually a blessing in disguise. <laughs> um so to be honest, everybody... I did this like with recency bias. I literally watched a YouTube video of him shooting 15 for 21 last night. And then I was like, yep. <laughs> like if he's going to like, I literally was, that was in my head. I'm like, that's a playoff. The way he was getting those buckets was, I was like, this is a playoff situation right here. So I, I don't really think they're going to win the championship, but I couldn't. Right. Yeah. I'm with you. And look, it, it, we've seen that team do well in the playoffs without him. So if he's to be able to not even do that all the time, but he does like, all-star level or like uh, that's a team to watch out for uh not my number five team the los angeles clippers uh really good comeback win last night against the gold state warriors um no no Kawhi leonard like the clippers we said it all all along if that team stays healthy there's gonna be a tough out they got length everywhere Kawhi is fucking unreal paul george they're just they're a good team harden russell westbrook off the bench they're they're a very very good team i think they're like the best offensive team 
uh, of since when? Like since the last couple since months, I think, is that right? It's since Christmas, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So that's no, why they're, they're my fourth team. The Clippers are my fourth team. I like it. Uh, my fourth team, OKC. Look, uh, Shea Gilders Alexander is probably your MVP right now. Um, not, I mean, and when Joel Embiid was healthy and playing, like obviously he was kind of running away with it, but Shea was having his best season as a pro. Uh, we mentioned 20 something year olds. Well, Shea's a 20 something <laughs> um, and a mid. He's not even like 26 yet, I don't think. So, look, I, I love what they're doing. I worry about them because they didn't make that move, but they're really, really good. What if they win it without making that move, right? That's like the biggest oh, show up thing of all time. Well, then it's like Sam Price is like, I, I've been telling you I've been smarter than you yeah. motherfuckers all along. Now, look, here it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right. My third team is the Cavs. I, I don't disagree. I, yeah. I, I listen. They're fucking nine and one in their last ten. I mean, they they're they're guarding Donovan Mitchell. David loves Donovan. He's a really good leader. Obviously, excellent player. Garland, Mobley. I love those guys. They're my number two team. My three team, the Timberwolves, still playing well despite their putrid offense. They can guard the hell out of people. Nikhil Alexander Walker, who we mentioned earlier in the show, really really good defender. And if he's knocking down threes, it's a tough one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, that's actually my list is like, uh, I have a little section that says apologies and uh, the Timberwolves made my apologies list. They probably should be, they, they shouldn't be on here, but I sometimes, didn't, I didn't make... listen, it's okay. You get kicked out of the top five. Sometimes it happens, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is my most like daring top five probably ever. It's like, there's a lot of like unconventional stuff here. Okay. Second team for me is the Nuggets. Cause I just did the game of picturing the playoffs and how it's going to go. And you know that they haven't been like full bore and like they still have Jokic. And I just feel like. It's easy to picture them doing very well. They're on the highway right now in a car, Henry, and they're going 60. And they're just like, it's yeah. fine. Like, they're going above the speed limit, but not crazy above. But like, yeah, we're okay. Don't worry about us. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets are in my apology section, but not because we're in, it's just I, I know what they're doing. We're, 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 we're waiting right now. Yeah. My number one, I said Cavs are my two. My one are the Celtics because they're the fucking Boston Celtics. <laughs> they're really good at basketball. <laughs> it's been a weird season. You know, like it's not, there's not that much parity anymore. You know, like it's a. Uh, it was a season of parody for the first six weeks. And mm-hmm. now it's like there's really one elite team and there's a little pack of, I think now maybe it's like six or seven teams that are yeah. behind them. And then yeah. there's like nobody else. Yeah, right? that's like, it. Yeah. I yeah. look the Celtics top to bottom. I, I just, the way they're winning and everyone who they have on their roster right now. I mean, this is, it's looking like, it, especially with Embiid going down and who knows what he's going to look like when he comes back and the Bucks, nobody trusts them or believes in them in the East. You know, the Cavs are probably something, have to, but like they're so young and not playoff tested yet. Right. Like, so this looks like for Boston, like if they don't do it this year, it's gonna be one of those stories. Right. Well, when are they going to do it? And we know you need luck and all the things have to kind of work out for you. But saying goodbye to Marcus good. Smart and hello to Porzingis was like, like, I would love a like super detailed breakdown of like what their thinking was, like what they knew, what they saw. Like mm-hmm. um, it's some, it was a, it seemed really risky. You know, like yeah, Mark for sure. It has been the heart and soul of that team for a long time. They're like, no, we're going to get this maligned giant guy and uh, and it's just going to work. And I was like, oh, well, actually, the other thing that occurs to me is like, the, 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 maybe it's way simpler than this. Maybe it's just who has Drew Holiday? Like, oh, well, you're the favorites. <laughs> like, I, I, listen, you know, you're you're not wrong. And, and David and I talked about this. The beauty of having Holiday, White, Brown, Tatum. Um, and Porzingis as your starting five is they don't have to double anyone ever. And that when you don't have to be out of rotation defensively, that is such an advantage. They just don't have to like, yeah, yeah, like, does not mean that 
Drew's not going to stonewall. You don't shut people out in basketball. It's not how the game works. But you don't have to commit extra resources because they know these guys know where to be. We understand the team concept, et cetera. And that no, no other team has that advantage where they don't have to double anybody. Everyone has yeah. to send help because they're compromised. That's that's huge. And you see what Joe Mazzula said? Because uh, they were like, oh, you know, only Tatum and Brown made the All-Star team. And he's like, well, it's obvious that nobody prioritizes winning <laughs> in the All-Star game because it was like, why isn't Derek White? And like, well, yeah, they don't. Because if they did, those guys would be All-Stars too. But that's not what the All-Star game is for. That's a game that's just about buckets. And the most famous people. Only famous bucket getters go to All-Star games. That's it. <laughs> when I went to my first one, I interviewed Chauncey Billups afterwards. I'm like, was this a good basketball game? And he's like, oh, no, the worst. Like, he's like, <laughs> like, like, like. <laughs> It's like I hate it. Like nobody's playing yeah, hard. It, you know, Yoke chase the All Star game. It's just it. It's you know that that is not for those kinds of players. They just it's not their not their cup of tea. <laughs> no. It's All right, guys. We will be back next week. Uh, we're gonna do a show Monday. You're gonna be on that Monday show because David's still gonna be Vegasing. Um, we'll figure out some stuff to talk about. Maybe we'll talk about soccer on that show. You know, I have oh. basketball to talk about. I mean, right? Unless you want to talk about the All Star game, we can. But I don't. There's wanna. always something. There's always something, like something will emerge. I don't know. Something, We're going to talk happen. about Mac McClung or something. I don't know. There's always going to be like, what if Matt McClung wins the dunk contest again? Everyone's going to be a buzz about something stupid. Is what happens 100 percent of the time at All Star weekend. I don't know it's some true. celebrity thing or politician or yeah. I don't something's even know gonna what's going to be. But yeah, yeah, we'll be we'll be bursting to give our views on. <laughs> something from indiana yeah all right guys have a uh good weekend we'll see you next week <laughs>